Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. Kevin Barker, well, y'all got your wish. You don't have to, don't have to face the Rays. You get the, get that easy team. Get the Minnesota Twins, the team with what, two fewer wins than the Blue Jays, something like that. But a team that you've kind of, uh, well, just dismissed, dismissed out of hand. That's not what I said. Well, I, I, I said that the Tampa Bay Rays were a better team hmm. than the Minnesota Twins, and I will continue to say that. Do the Jays have a better chance against the Twins than they did think, against the Rays? I think they have a better chance of going to the championship series playing the Twinkies because they don't have to face the Orioles in the next round. So they get Houston in the next round. Absolutely. So I think the road, I'm not saying it's easier because the Astros are – a really good team, and they have two behemoths up front and a lineup that's won't be the easiest to work through. But for whatever reason, the Blue Jays tend to play a little bit better and show up most of the time against the Astros. They don't against the Orioles. Mm-hmm. The The Orioles seem to have their number. So, yeah, I think that's if you're going to play the Orioles, you'd rather do them, what, two series from now instead of the next series if you get past the Twins. Yeah, I think that is kind of low-key one, one of the important things with 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 – the way things turned out here uh, for the Blue Jays. I mean, I'm, I'm with you completely. If you can get past this first round, I'd much rather play. I'd much rather play the uh, the Houston Astros than. Uh, Can't believe I'm saying that. Than you? No, it, I mean the Jays. The, <clears throat> the Jays have played better against that against the Astros o- over the course of a couple of seasons. I it's, think it says more simple. about the Orioles than it does the Astros. And correct, it says more about it says more about the Orioles uh, mm-hmm. than it does the Astros. Yeah. So the playoffs are here. The Jays are in Minnesota. Texas is in Tampa. Milwaukee takes on the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Philadelphia Phillies. We'll try to stay interested enough to when they take on the Miami Marlins in a series that screams two and over, two and out quickly. Baseball fans, if you're a fan of baseball, hopefully, because you want Phillies Braves. That's the, there's yeah. no question. That's oh, yeah. who you want to see play if you're a baseball <laughs> Absolutely. fan. Absolutely. You want, you want to see the Marlins and the Braves? Not I. Yeah. The uh, game one of tomorrow's uh, series goes at 4.38 Eastern. The first pitch will be right here on Sportsnet 590. The fan and Sportsnet, Kevin and me, will do uh, Blue, uh, Blair and Barker immediately before the game. So we'll be on the air from 4 Eastern to 4.30 Eastern. And we will do Blue Jays talk following the game, following all postseason games, following as many games as, as the Jays. Uh, as the Jays play. We'll keep you updated on media availability today. It is workout day at Target Field. Uh, the Jays made Bo Bichette, uh, John Schneider, George Springer, Ross Atkins available. We will monitor those news conferences 
uh, some questions, some lineup questions, some roster questions for the Minnesota Twins. First and foremost, uh, Byron Buxton uh, has not been well. Byron Buxton hasn't been healthy for much of his career. He's very much in question. Indeed, folks in Minnesota do not think uh, or, or went in today thinking, uh, saying they would be surprised if he was available for the first round at least. It is expected that Carlos Correa will be back. And Royce Lewis, who's had an injury-plagued season but still put up some really good offensive numbers. He suffered a, a, a grade one-plus hamstring strain uh, in September. He is expected to at least DH for the Minnesota Twins. For the Blue Jays, as far as we know, everybody's healthy. Um, that includes Bo Bichette. That includes Brandon Belt. That includes Vladdy Jr. Kevin, I guess the Jays lineup questions come down to this. Uh, how many pitchers and how many position players are you going to take? And when you look at the position players, how do they choose? I mean, I don't think it's that, I don't think it's as complicated as people are making it seem. To me, Cam Eden and Tyler, and, well, Kyler Heineman's clearly on the team. Yeah. To, to me, Cam Eden goes because I need his yeah, ability to steal bases. Well, well, why is everybody trying to make it hard for? It's that for me anyway, it's the way it sounds is they're taking 14 position players. Wait, four, yeah, 14 pitchers and 12 position players. Yeah. Who, are the, who, do, who, who are the pitchers that you leave off? A Ryu. Simple. Yeah. And then everybody else goes. Like it's not... It's well, not rocket science here that you're there is you're, you're well, there is your some best thought, guys. There is some thought that Bowden Francis will be. Why? The 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 twins have a bunch of left-handed pitchers, at least for me. Now this may change and the khakis get involved and you want a righty in there, which makes no sense to me. Why why would you not want three lefties if you could do that? Say one of the three big uh, starters have a hiccup and you got a bunch of lefties in the twins lineup and you want you say Kikuchi who throws a bazillion to a bunch of left-handed hitters who he's tough on lefties other than a right-handed pitcher for me that's a no-brainer to me now it may change well they, because that's what they do right they, they do overthink it themselves sometimes Trevor so Richards you're, is, you're not concerned by what you've seen from Trevor uh, Richards yeah, absolutely I am but what you mean if you can stay away from it you stay away from it like he's on the team for me He's one of the probably the last guys you'd want to throw right now because you have better options. But yeah, I mean the the bigger thing is from from the time we had our conversation with John Snyder on Friday to the time I talked to him on the field on Saturday, something changed with the back end of his of his games with his with his bullpen. Jordan Romano on Friday was the closer. Jordan Romano on the Saturday was a matchup guy, mm -hmm. and now going into the playoffs, it's matchup driven here. And that for me is going to be very hard to do. Like, <laughs> I mean, some, I some, think, but uh, but you got to say, like, I'm not I, saying it's not the right thing to no, do. No, no, no. But I, I'm saying for for John to always make the right move at the right time and not have any. Does he have a no brainer? Nope. So that's the thing, right? Is if you had a no a no brainer in the ninth inning, I can take care of all the other innings. See, are you not certain? Not really are you not certain that we're overreacting a bit here? Like, yeah. how much how much of the decision? to go with Jordan Romano when he went with Jordan Romano was the fact that, uh, you know, the, the, the part of the lineup he, they were going to ask Jordan Hicks to face, it basically feasted off Jordan Romano the last time out. I, I, and, and how much of you know, the fact that Jordan Hicks got those two innings, how much of that was based on that 
compared to a, you know, all of a sudden now the Jays don't have a closer. Um, why wouldn't Jordan Romano get the call in the ninth inning tomorrow? Got a bunch of lefties in the order. If He's if done Jordan pretty Hicks, well against Minnesota. So Jordan Hicks. I mean, throws 102. Like, he, well, I mean, you're, you're going with bat paths and who gives you a better chance of winning a game? They don't have that, right? That's that they basically came out and told you that. And again, from Friday when he was on our show, I asked the question. I think it was me. Yep. About the, you know, are you still having faith in Jordan Romano? You're going to hand him the ball in the ninth inning. Hey, hey absolutely. We got so faith what do you in him. Think Everything changed? it is. I, that's a great question. I don't have the answer for. I do think it has a lot to do with Kevin Gosman pitching Sunday. They were going to do everything in their power to stay away from that. Everything in their power. If that means they had to pitch Jordan Romano in the eighth inning, they were going to do it. And I think going forward, that just tells you where they're at, that it's matchup-driven now. And it's a lot to ask when, again, this is hopefully it takes a lot of the pressure and, and some thought process out of it that your rotation would hopefully give you the innings that you think they can give you. And now you would only have to worry about a couple of guys instead of three or four guys. Now, again, they got some guys down there, but some of the guys, you know, we have to be honest, have had some ups and downs lately. So that going into this, I think that's one of the things too, right? And it's the, it's the how do you control the lefties? If you're the rotation for the Jays, the rotation, at least the three guys that I think is going to pitch, at least the first guy, and then the second guy, for me anyway, is Bassett. Bassett's giving up 21 homers to lefties. Twins, Twins got a bunch of lefties in that order. So and they hit homers. It's going to, it's going to, that for me is the one big time thing, right? Is can they, I'm not saying they're going to keep every single one of them from hitting homers, but how do you control that? That that will be one of the themes too. And I do think with all the hard throwers that the Twins have, the guys starting tomorrow and Pablo Lopez, the guys in the bullpen, I mean, you're seeing 95, 96, 97, 98, 102 from the closer. Some of the guys don't like that. And that's one of the things, right? And can you add a little slug to some velocity that them dudes are going to throw you late in games, early in games, to try and help out your your rotation and John Snyder and Pete Walker to try and always make the right moves? It's going to be tough. Like, it's a – I'm not saying they're not going to win because they're a better team for me. Like, the Blue Jays, 1 through 26. Anyway, for me, the way you look at it, I, they are the better team. Now, can they get there and execute and – you know, just everything that goes into being in the playoffs. And, and can somebody get a big hit or two? I think it'll take a hit or two, not just one hit. And can All they right. do that against some velocity? The Jays go into the playoffs. Let's face it, they backed in. Absolutely. They backed in. They lost four of their last six. Uh, they, I mean, let's leave aside yesterday's game with West Parsons. They lost four of their last six. A couple of things, though, stood out to me. Um, one... They continued to play good defense. Two, I think we started to see, this is me, I think we started to see a little more, we started to see a little more authority offensively. We started to see a little better production up and down the order. Um, Saw some home runs. But where do you think this team is right now, Kevin? In terms of, well, let me rephrase that. Are they playing the their very best baseball right now? No. Okay. Are they, <laughs> are they? Maybe this is the best that they have to offer. So maybe I should rephrase that. Where I was going. Maybe. Maybe they are. Maybe they have. 
I, offensively, you have any idea what you're going to get offensively in the no playoffs? Clue. No, we. I, I don't. I don't think they do. I mean, every time you ask anybody that's around that team, the last thing they say to you is, "Hopefully, they hit a little." That's the well, last look, we, thing we've they heard, say. We've heard for how many months? Just get in the playoffs. Well, pitching I mean, and defense. Pitching and defense. Just get in the playoffs. I mean, I think it's possible for a team to reset in the playoffs. I also think it's entirely possible that what John Schneider said yesterday was right, that getting to the playoffs was such a thing for this group that once you're in, you do have that little bit of reset. You got the day off, had a little bit of a celebration yesterday. Again, now you can hang your hat in pitching and defense, pitching and defense, pitching and defense. Yeah, I think you're going to have to get a couple more hits than you had to get in the regular season. You're facing better teams who can strike you out just like you can strike them out. So, I, uh, so who's the, the, who, who is the offensive key? Who is the offensive key for this team? Then? I think it's George Springer. That, that that's me. I'm I'm turned. I've turned the page on Vladdy. I, I just don't. I mean, we we're we're begged, we begged so long for that. What would tell you that him facing better pitching, he's going to break out and go three yeah. for four with a couple homers in a not playoff a, game? I don't think a, so. The obvious guy is Bo Bichette too, right? He can handle basically whatever you're throwing him at. So that aside, I think the bottom of the order, the way Varsho's looking and the way Chapman may look if, and he's one of the guys who know likey velocity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he know likey. Like that high octane, next level, he don't like that. I mean, him and Kirk and, and Springer, they don't like that. But for me, it's that one guy. I've told you this. You, you dropped 150 large on the dude to lead off who's done it before. He's the guy for me. Like, he's the sort of the the way the bottom of the order now looks a little bit better. They look like they actually have a chance of doing some damage. You flip that thing around. You could have him coming up first and second and two outs. He's sort of the X factor, Don't- right, as- do you, do you, do you, at least for me. Do you see anything in Lopez and Gray that would suggest that the Jays' lefty hitters will have a little better time against uh, against them than perhaps than perhaps other right-handed stars? He's a hard thrower who likes to throw up, who has really good spin on the breaking balls. Throws a sweeper to righties, throws a curveball to lefties. He's got a really good changeup. He throws to both sides. He's a tough kid. This is what I said. This is when your muscles got to match their muscle and. This is Kevin Gosman's going to have to, you know, the north and south thing. It's like that game that he had here against the Twins forced him to start throwing called strikes at the bottom of the zone with the fastball so it would get a hitter in swing mode in that quadrant so now he can get them to chase the split finger. Ain't no difference this time around. Like, he's going to have to do that. If he does that with a little uptick in the velocity, can't be 92. If it's 92 against these bunch of lefties, he's given up 11 of his 19 homers are off of lefties. That is going to be a thing. Bassett's given up 28 homers. 21 of those lefties have hit. They're going to have to do a really good job of not throwing the ball down the middle. Don't throw it down the middle and do it with velocity. You can do that this time of the year because you have smarts. You you have a really good secondary pitch. You've had success doing it before. So, yeah, I think those are a couple of things that could, you know, could make this team go a little bit further than people think they could go. You have not at all been concerned about Kevin Gossman's career numbers against this team. One and four, 625 ERA was 11 home runs given up, eight home runs given up, sorry, and 11 starts. Even the good, even the decent games he had this year, 
against Minnesota. And he was better against Minnesota than he was last year. Didn't make it out of the fifth inning in one of them. Didn't make it out of the sixth inning in the other. The Twins drove his pitch count up, I think, 106 on 108 pitches in those games. And in one game, four and a third innings, I believe they got 106. They drove his pitches up. Um, and we've talked about, we, you know, there are people who think they have some sort of tell on him. Whatever. As you said, he's basically a two-pitch a two pitch guy. It could be as simple as if it's low, let it go. If it's high, let it fly. I, I don't know. You have no concern though, about Gossman matching up against the twins because again, his career numbers against this team aren't good. Yeah. I think there will be a time where he throws a really good split finger with two strikes and they take it. What's he going to do then? I think there will be a time like that. Are you afraid that sequencing that say he throws two fastballs up? If I'm a hitter, what am I looking for? Not a third fastball up. Never. Got two pitches. Yeah. That's what he's got to stay away from. That's the Trevor Richards problem right now is a little bit lack of movement on the changeup, and he's very predictable. It's like the home run he gave up a couple days ago. Yeah, three changeups in a row. No, no. Was two fastballs up, and if I'm a good hitter, I ain't looking for a third one. I'm looking for something down, and it ain't going to be his heater. It's that thing, right? You're doing it in a phone booth. Like, you ain't going to get out front because he's elevated two fastballs. His best pitch, he throws almost 50% of the time as a changeup. Educated guests will tell me I'm going to get it down, let it travel, do it in the phone booth, spin on it. I can pull that thing for a homer. It's that thing, right? And Kevin's no different. He's a two-pitch guy. Like, you got to stay away from that thing. And the first start he had that he was bad, and they – it was more 92s than it was 94, 95, 96, 97, And they'll have extra rest. He, so. ha- he has to have that. Yeah. If he has that, the extra little gear and the called strikes on the fastball down and be really good on the fastball, obviously he's a north and south guy. And when he has the issue, right, is it is the lack of velocity and it is the finish on the pitches, right? You can imagine whenever he's going bad, that thing all of a sudden starts to run. Like he'll try and backdoor that fastball or throw it away glove side to a righty. And if he don't get it out there and finish it, it has run to it. Where's it run? Center cut right down the middle. And that's when you're giving up the big one. So he's got to stay out of the middle of the plate. Got to have good finish on his pitches. Got to get called strikes at the bottom of the zone. If he can do those three things, which I think he can, he's very experienced, and they know exactly what we know going into this thing. Mm-hmm. So, the again, I, I will continue to say this. The lefties that the Twins have, they're not great hitters, but I do think you have to make really good pitches to them. And because the three guys that are going to pitch for the Jays have not always been great at that against lefties. So that'll be one of the things, too, right in – and hopefully the lineup can hit velocity. There, there's some guys in there, you know. We've we've mentioned it that sometimes have some issues. No, not sometimes. Most of the time. I mean, I, let's not sugarcoat it. Most of the time they don't like you. So, and the twins got a bunch of them, dude. So that's another thing too, right? Is get it ready, get it out front, think of it. Don't look split finger or slider or change up. Why? If I'm going in facing Pablo Lopez, which. Nobody else can hit his sweeper. Nobody else can hit his curveball. He's real tough at hitting the changeup. Before I've even walked to the plate, I've eliminated three pitches. I'm looking fastball. It's very hard. He's a tall guy. He likes it. Mm-hmm. Get it ready to hit. Think out front. Stay at, 
Stay inside the baseball, hit at the big part of the field. Big part of the field this time of the year gives you a chance to get jammed, ball off the end. I still have success because I have length to my swing. I'm not cutting it off like Vladdy a lot of the times, right? He gets the ground ball to third. Stay through it. You do that. Eliminated three pitches. At least you give yourself a chance. So they can do that. I think they're a better team, and they'll win this series. They'll go on to Houston. Yeah, I actually think they're going to win the series as well. Um, I, I thought the twin. I thought the Rays were I, were better matchup matchup than them um, than Minnesota. I I still thought they could beat the, the Rays, and I think they can beat the Twins. I think it's probably going to be a three game a three game series, and it'd be kind of interesting to see how John Schneider sets up that uh, that third game. So here's what we've got for you today. We mentioned the we will have media availability audio as it comes in. Bo Bichette, okay. George Springer, Ross Atkins, John Schneider among those expected to talk to the media. Paul Molitor, Hall of Fame inductee, World Series champ. I mean, I don't even need to tell you what Paul Molitor did. He'll join us at 5.30. Jason Stark joins us at 6 o'clock. We'll take a look at all the postseason matchups. And at 6.30, Shai Davidi joins us, and uh, we will get the latest on the ground in Minnesota. Again, 4.38 is the first pitch tomorrow. Okay, I want to get something out of the way right away because I, I – I can't remember what happens during day games in Minnesota, but when you get these funky start times, Mm -hmm. shadows quite often come into play. You said something on Saturday. We were talking about the shadows at the Rogers Center. You said something that was so simple that I think should be this, this, whenever somebody talks to you about the impact shadows have on the game, you said it's very simple to determine whether or not those shadows could should come into play. How did you describe it to me? Uh, I believe it was pitcher in sunlight, shadow, hitter was in sunlight. sunlight. So if the hitter and pitcher are in the same situation, yeah. both in sunlight, and there's a shadow... Yeah, between that, them, that's, that's bad. That's not shadow good. on the mound, light like that. That's that's not. Yeah, it's the one that's in the middle because it goes from light dark to light. Right. Your eyes in that little short period of time have a tough time picking that up, and then it's you're basically swinging blind. So that at least it was for me. Yeah, that's no. That, I, that, that, that's, that's 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 sort of what it is. It's the it's the ones where you know he's in the he's in the dark and you're in the light. That's not really a big deal because it's going one time. It's not going in and out two times. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, I'm not even sure. Does Minnesota have, I don't know. I can't remember at a, at a fourth, how many 430 games have I watched the, I, that I, Minnesota's played? I don't know, but I'm just I, saying that you may end up having, you know, you may end up having, it, it may be a factor. Well, I mean, and I, I'm just saying people always talk about shadows, and I thought it was interesting the it, way you the way you put it. It's very simple. If, if you're sitting there wondering what impact any shadows might have in any game, as Barker said, it's when the pitcher and the hitter are in the same yeah, thing. Yeah, and the area between them is different, either dark or light. Yeah, well, that's a that's another benefit for the pitcher. Like if if that's the case, you know, and 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 we've also we haven't mentioned the pitch timer. Mm-hmm. Heart rate's going to go up. How's this going to affect anybody? Now I don't think it'll affect Gosman. It might fa- affect Bassett, Barrios. He's a quick worker. He's going to get after it as quickly as possible. It's it's the guys coming out of the pen. Like you, every once in a while, because of those pitches mean so much, you might need to take a little breath occasionally. Is that going to have any any 
bearing whatsoever will runs go up in the playoffs because of that, right? You're in a hurry. What do you do when you're in a hurry if you're a pitcher? You throw the ball down the middle. Mm-hmm. You mess up. You don't locate as well as you'd like to locate. So may, maybe runs will go up because of that. that. That'll that be another thing, right? You Don't be afraid, Kirk, to run out there and go tempo. Hey, can I run out there? That, that If you see him in trouble, yep. don't be afraid. Yep. You know, you got you got a couple of those to waste that in those big spots. Kirk's not always good at that. I mean, you watch the same games I watch. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not very good at that. And maybe Pete Walker will be the one that, you know, could see that from afar and be the guy that runs out there and, and calls timeout and just gives the a, a pitcher a break occasionally in some of those big moments. So, yeah, there's is, this is a lot of intrigue here in this. I think there's obvious things that you look at both both sides that – if they do this, we'll give them a better chance to win the series. But plain and simple for me anyway, the Blue Jays are a better team. They should beat the Twins no matter where they play them. That's me talking. Now, they have to go execute, and they got to get some big-time hits and some big-time spots. We all know who those names are. So if they can do that, because they're going to pitch enough, they'll figure it out. And, he, and, and they'll did. strike out enough guys too, which is a big deal. The Twins like to strike out. Kevin Biggio is your second baseman at this point, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. Two, two righties coming up, absolutely. I mean, you take the same lineup you took when they changed I agree. put Bo in the cleanup spot. That's yep. your lineup. Don't overthink it. Paul Molitor is a Hall of Fame inductee or was a Hall of Fame inductee in 2004. He's a former World Series champion and MVP with the Blue Jays in 1993. He's quite simply one of the best players of his generation. He was also a manager of the year in 2017 with the Twins. Paul Molitor will join us next. It's Blair and Barker on the Sportsnet Radio Network and Sportsnet. Four forty-eight. I'm sorry, four thirty-eight. Tomorrow will be the first pitch. Four thirty-eight Eastern Time. First pitch. Game one of the American League Wild Card Series between. The Toronto Blue Jays and the Minnesota Twins target field in the Twin Cities. It is a best of three series. Kevin Gossman on the mound for the Blue Jays. Pablo Lopez on the mound for the Minnesota Twins. Of course, Pablo Lopez joining the Twins in that Luis Arias trade, which you'd have to say has worked out uh, pretty well. Hasn't hurt. For both teams. No, it hasn't. Um... Well, our next guest is no stranger to Toronto. He's no stranger to the station. He's no stranger to, well, frankly, no stranger to Minnesota either. I mean, if you mention the name Paul Molitor, you automatically think of, well, you can, depending on your age, <laughs> you think of Brewers, Blue Jays, mm-hmm. Twins. Uh, he is a Hall of Fame inductee in 2004, a World Series champion and MVP with the Blue Jays in 1993, and, of course, a former manager of the Minnesota Twins. He won the AL Manager of the Year Award in 2017 with the Twins. Paul Molitor joins us on Blair & Barker. Paul, thanks so much for joining us today. We uh, trust that you're doing well. It's, uh, it, it's, it's always good to talk to you. Um, look, we know that one of the storylines in Minnesota is 18 consecutive postseason games without a win. Now, sure. if you do a deeper dive into that, I don't have to tell you this, obviously, of those 18 losses, I think 13 came mm-hmm. in the hands of the Yankees, mm-hmm. two came in the hands of the Houston Astros when they were in their ascendancy. Is, is, is this beyond the fact that every columnist, sports talk show host, everybody in Minnesota is going to be talking about this? 
is that a deal for Rocco Baldelli or the players? Well, good afternoon to you guys. I'm looking forward to the series. I I think that I appreciate all the current Twins players who say, hey, those were generations before us. Obviously, the Yankees have been a huge hiccup with those 13 losses consecutively in the postseason, which is almost unfathomable. And I, and I think they're they're right in saying that, but that's why I put so much emphasis on this first game. Because if the players are not connected to those 18 games and they lose the first game, now it's 19 and they're directly connected. So I put a lot of emphasis on game one in this series. Gosman had a heck of a year going up against Lopez, as you guys mentioned, has been a really nice acquisition. You have to give something to get something or eyes winning the National League batting title. But yes, I, I think that the players will be out there pretty free and clear tomorrow to play a good game. But a loss in the first game, the mental side of sports, I think it'll creep back in as a factor moving forward in the games two and possibly game three. Hey, uh, we discussed back and forth about the, the, the shadows at, at Target Field and the 438 start time. And I, I, I'd be sure. lying if I said I've, I can remember a 438 start time at Target Field. And whether I, there may not be any shadows. I don't know. Now, I know Justin Morneau. Uh, who has has played there has told some people, uh, you know, yeah, the shadows <laughs> shadows are a factor in mm-hmm. that in in that ballpark at that time. Uh, you've managed there. You uh, do you, do you see that as a big issue for hitters in general? The shadows. I think it's a legitimate question. These late state time our start times and postseason can create a little bit havoc offensively if you are playing in shadows. You know, we've had uncharacteristically very warm weather here the last couple of days. I think we were at 92 yesterday and approached 90 today. I think it's going to be in the mid-80s tomorrow. But the good news is that it is somewhat forecast to be an overcast afternoon, which will make that point moot, which I think would be good. I'd hate to see either offenses hindered by shadows. I think the fact that it's a little later in the season, they might come and go a little bit faster. But I definitely think if the sun's out, at the beginning of the game will cause some issues for the hitters. Paul, you ranked in the playoffs. I don't think I have to tell you that. And, and I just wonder, what the, what is the difference in trying to rake in the regular season and try and carry that over and rake in the playoffs? Is it hard to do? Um, I think a lot of it just kind of speaks to where you are at, how you're finished season finished. Um, you know, in 82, I played as a young player pretty much emotional at that stage, your first postseason, and it was kind of a blur for me. Did okay, but not great. The second time I had a chance to get to a World Series, obviously with the Jays in 93, made a really concerted effort to just slow it down, create some memories from myself, some visual memories, and I think that just helped me go in there with a positive attitude. We came off a really nice September uh, clinching the division later on in the year. We had some time to prepare, and then we went on, of course, to beat the White Sox and the Phillies. But, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, the guys that are swinging well have had good years. They're going to go in there thinking positively. But in the three-game series, man, it can happen quickly. I was at the Twins games against Houston a couple of years ago. The Twins were in a good place. The Astros barely snuck into the postseason, and they came out of here, and they pitched well, and they beat us two games. And I think we only scored two or three runs combined in those couple of games. So, Anything can happen in a couple of days. You just need a couple of hot hitters, obviously some good quality start from your uh, top end rotation guys. And, um, you know, yeah, the pitching is going to be great. A couple of guys are going to 
have to step offensively and find a way to score some runs. Paul, is it better to have to scrape and fight to get into the postseason and just kind of keep it rolling? Or is it better to have a spot locked up and, you know, maybe get your guys rested, get your pitching lined up? You could make arguments on both sides. You know, some of the teams that had to fight through the weekend might have affected their ability to line up their pitching the way they wanted to, but they do know what it's like to play pressurized games as they're coming off huge weekends to get to where they're at. So I think it can go both ways. You know, I think in Toronto's case, obviously they knew they were in after Saturday, chose to hold back Gausman rather than maybe upgrade their position in the wild card standings. So, yeah, I think having your starting pitching lined up and having at least a little bit of time to prepare is probably the best way to go about it. Oh, I think with the Blue Jays, if if you're looking at one thing to look for going into this series, it's about the rotation for the Jays, keeping the lefties of the Twins in the ballpark, right? That's the the one little thing. All all the Jays' rotation is right-handed. They give up some homers to lefties. Is there one thing that you're looking for from the Twins that you say they're really going to have to do this well to move on? Well, you know, you could talk about both teams. Um, Obviously, the Blue Jays' offense from top to bottom is going to be tough for even guys like Lopez and Gray to handle. Um, But for the Twins, there's still some question marks about the roster, how it's going to be played out. You know, Correa, our shortstop, hasn't played for 10 days. Royce Lewis, our young rookie player, has been out. Byron Buxton hasn't played since August 1st. So, yes, the left-handed power on the Twins will be something that the right-handed pitching of the Blue Jays is going to have to try to contain. Twins have been kind of a feast or famine team. They've hit plenty of home runs, but I think they if they didn't, they were very close to breaking the all-time record in strikeouts. So uh, there's a lot of swing and miss there. We know Gaussman was particularly with that fork ball changeup that he has can be tough on that lineup, whether it's right-handed hitting or left-handed hitting. And uh, we'll see how the Jays can fare against Cruz and uh, uh, Sonny Gray the first couple of days. Paul, what have you made Lopez, of? Excuse me. Yes. What have you made of Edouard Julian's season, the young Canadian kid? Quebec City. Yes. You know he's our little. He, I've been around him a lot in the minor leagues the last couple of years. He's he just has such a relaxed way of, of and how he goes about his game. He's the rare young player who has really mastered the strike zone. Even when he hasn't swung the bat particularly well, he's been carrying a 400 on base clip because he walks so much. Throws, you know, he forces the opposing team to throw a lot, of, throw a lot of pitches. The big thing about him this year, they've really tried to improve his defense. I think he's put a lot of work in. He's become a lot more adept at playing second base. But I'm pretty sure that Rocco Baldelli up here in Minnesota will put him at the top of the lineup and hopefully he can find a way to get on base and set the table for some of those other guys. How about how about the Twins? Great, great, oh, sorry. A great kid, by the way. Yeah, I was just going to say he's a great kid, and I've, mm-hmm. I've loved working with him, and happy to see the success that he's had. What what uh, what in particular was the defensive aspect of his game that 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 was upgraded? I, I think the speed of the game at the major league level was a little bit much for him. His footwork wasn't great, both in getting himself in position to field the ball. Um, some of his work around the bag in terms of double plays, his feeds. His turning, his turning the double play from shortstop and third base. Uh, just a lot of things that he had to become more consistent with. He could make a great play here and there, but he had a little more trouble with the routine plays. So some of it might have just been the work habit, consistency, repetition, and then uh, staying the, keeping the focus that you need on the defensive side of the ball. 
You think the Twins will use the running game for uh, an advantage? I, I know there's a couple of guys, Taylor, Castro, they like to run when they get on base. Is it is it a thing for the Twins? Now, you use the closer bases together. Maybe push it, go first to third when you normally wouldn't do that. You think they'll use that? Well, I, I think on a, on a bigger scale to the question, I think the rule changes have really made the athletic player have more of an important role around the game. Um, for the Twins, a couple of guys that, came from other teams to the two guys that you mentioned, Taylor and Castro, they were great depth pieces for the twins. Taylor got a ton of play in center field with Buxton being out. Castro could play all around the field. Yes. If they get opportunities, they will probably try to take advantage and run somewhat, but you can't steal first. You know, <laughs> you got to find ways to get on and, and make things happen. But I think the twins will, will be aggressive if the situation calls for it. But, you know, the philosophy now is you only get 27 outs and you don't want to make too many outs on the bases, give you a chance to swing the bat from the batter's box. So we'll be interested to see how, see how that part of the game plays out. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul, we know that uh, Kevin Gossman has had his issues with the Minnesota Twins throughout his career. I mean, he's had a couple of starts. He said last year he was flabbergasted. At, yeah. and that was his word at their ability to lay off the splitter. Of course, that makes people think that they've got a tell on him. Or, or or something like that. I know he's looked at the video and because that went yeah. through his mind as well. Two things. One, how often in your mind when you hear somebody say that a, that a team has a tell on a pitcher, is it BS? <laughs> and two, can you change that a, as a pitcher? Well, I, I don't think the Twins have a tell. You know, I did a few radio games for the Twins this year, including the Twins J series up in Toronto and Gausman pitched one of those games. And I do think the Twins did a nice job of recognizing that pitch and try to try to make sure they got it elevated and kept it in the zone. But a lot of that comes with maybe his effectiveness that day was was hindered somewhat by the command of his fastball and afforded the Twins maybe to look for that pitch a little bit more, therefore keeping in the zone a little bit longer. It's going to be cat and mouse, you know. Yes, the Twins have done a good job of laying that laying off that pitch in the fast, but in the past. But if he can establish his fastball. Doesn't throw a ton of breaking balls, but that'll be that'll be important for him to work ahead and get those. If he's going to win, he's going to have to find a way to get ahead of the twin hitters. It'll make the chase rate go up a little bit higher in that off-speed pitch. Mm-hmm. Paul, really good of you to yeah. do this today. Thanks so much. Yeah, Terrific insight as always. As always, yeah, man, it's great to hear from yeah, you again. Absolutely, thank Appreciate you. you guys. Should be fun. It All will right. be, be well. well. Yeah. Paul Molitor, uh, a great player oh. he was, man. Short and quick. Oh. oh. Collision guy. Like there was no, you know, he's basically, he's standing there like a statue and it's attack. He was the whole field. I, it's, it's, it's a impressive stuff. It's intriguing to listen to him talk about the, the, how you attack, how you have a good playoff. I mean, he hit like, I think he's, he's had like 20 games. He's got like 117 yeah. at bats. He's hit over 360 yeah. in the playoffs. How, how do you take it from, because there's been some really good hitters who went from a season of having a really good season to in the playoffs of not doing anything and to being able to carry that over. And just basically, it sounded like he basically said, simplify it and make it fun. Yeah. Which is just not the, I mean, it sounds easy. I love what he said about the second time he got back to the playoffs, kind of enjoying the moment. Yeah. uh, we have a little bit of breaking news awesome. before we go to Bo Bichette at the podium. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers have just announced that Brandon Woodruff is out for the wild card series, possibly the rest of the postseason with a shoulder injury. Uh, he is getting a second opinion uh, about an injury in the shoulder capsule, which is 
I mean, no injury is good, but that is uh, something else. So Brandon Woodruff likely out, definitely out for the wild card, possibly out for the postseason. That's not good. That is not good because the pitching is burns and burns. Why they're there. Burns and Woodruff, that's exactly right. Yeah. That's why they're there. Uh, the Jays are doing their media availability today at Target Field in Minnesota. This is what happens the day before every series or an off day. Uh, the players have a workout and they do uh, media availabilities. The clubhouses are open to reporters. Uh, players are brought up to the podium. This was Bo Bichette a few minutes ago speaking to reporters at the podium at Target Field. Coming into this postseason series last week, you guys played the Tampa Bay Rays and the New York Yankees. How battle-tested do you guys feel as a Blue Jays team to you know, be ready for a postseason like this where you're only facing great teams when you were in the AL East all season playing you know, in what could be the hardest division in the league? Yeah, I mean, there's so many opportunities over the course of the year to see where you stand. Um, and then obviously the last two weeks, Yankees and Rays are you know, good teams, good pitching. So, yeah, I mean, we've... Face a lot of great teams, and I uh, look forward to facing another one. Comparing to this day last year, you, you guys have overdone a, quite a stylistic change in terms of how this team looks. How do you feel this team is better set up for a postseason run than a year ago? Um, I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, I know our defense is amazing, and uh, pitching has been amazing. So uh, still uh, think that we're pretty good offense, too. But... um. Yeah, I mean, I think you need to do everything well in the playoffs to win, and, uh, you know, we look forward to seeing what we're capable of. But just with some of the short or close misses, 2020 missing in 2021 and then last year, what have you guys learned from uh, the disappointment and these experience heading into this one? Um, I think uh, we've learned that it's really difficult to accomplish what every team sets out to accomplish when spring training starts, so... Um, you know, this year is going to be no different. The Twins are a great team, a lot of great players, so we're going to have to play well. Just wondering, as you guys approach this uh, chance at the playoffs here, are you approaching it any differently than in years past, either mentally, physically, as far as game uh, preparation, anything along those lines? As far as I know, no. Um, I think, I mean, we all understand what is at stake here, um, but at the same time, it really is just... Getting ready, getting ready for a ball game, and uh, we'll be as prepared as we can be. Bo, uh, Vladdy was saying uh, yesterday that he still thinks about uh, not just last year, but uh, 2020 and the postseason too. And for him, that's some fuel, that's some motivation. How, how do you approach that? Do you, do you look at that as fuel? Are you flushing that in each year as a different experience? How do you reflect on taking the past and trying to channel that to success in the present? Um. Well, yeah, I mean, every year is, is a new year, so, um, I mean, this is obviously going to be a lot different than years past, but I think we we think we're better than what we've shown, so I think that's motivation to show that. Um, but like I said, it's a great team over there, so we'll have to play really well. There you go. No bulletin board material for the Twins out of that from Bo Bichette. It is interesting, though, comparing this team where it is now compared to last year's team, Kevin. and. I think we had a better understanding. I guess there wasn't as much of an unknown last year as there is this year. Like, was there an equivalent last year to the Jays' lack of offensive production this year? I, 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 I can't remember. Yeah, you know, I think we were wondering how Alec Manoa would react 
um, in, yeah, in the postseason. We, I think we thought they started the wrong person in the first game of the wild card series. I th- that's what we thought. Right. Going, going into that thing, we we figured, well, the dudes that should be pitching is not pitching. But you there want wasn't, to get off to the best start. But there wasn't something that where you looked at, maybe it wasn't the bullpen, where we looked at it and said, aha, that's, that's the thing that needs to get better for them to win. I don't remember that as much. I don't remember an equivalent to... My God, these guys haven't been able to score runs a lot this I year. I think it's, it was around Bo's defense. That's a good how, how no, you, that, how that is a great a, point. Yep. How do you win a World Fair Series enough. with the way he plays defense? That that at that least was, was really what good. was what I was going into the thing interested to see. Yeah, he's the worst defender you got. He was last year. Yeah. There's no argument. And now it's and, a story and, that I don't think we talk about enough here. But now you can't wait for the ball to be hit to him. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. And it's interesting comparing him to Carlos Correa. Now, Carlos Correa is hurt. Carlos Correa is a negative war, negative defensive player, I should say. Mm. And Bo Bichette is a little bit above average. Yeah. I think, you know, sometimes sometimes we kind of sometimes we kind of look at some of the smaller details that go into a dude's improvement. But I'm with you. I think maybe one of the most remarkable things I've seen in the past couple of years of this team has been Bo's improvement defensively. And we wondered about that, right? Because we thought doing away with the shift, is that going to be create a bigger issue for Bo? Mm-hmm. Is it going to put more of an Freed impact? Him up. It has. Talked to Louis Rivera last it has. year. He, he seemed to think it would be better for him. Yeah. You restrict him by saying, you stand here, you get it up to here. That guy's got it from over there. Like he was too much going on there, and he was sort of hesitant to go as hard as he could go to whatever side they were telling him not to go as hard to. Now it's you just go get it. Like you're standing there, balls hit around you, go get the ball, throw it to wherever you need to throw it. I just like the way basically the really great hitters not change a thing. Mm. I know I know Bo as many times as I talk to him, he's the one dude who sits heater all the time. He he is the he is the one guy that he ain't gonna take no heaters. Mm-hmm. Like the the dude likes his heater, he's gonna be looking heater. Like you look heater ninety five percent of the time and the other five percent a lot of that's luck. Most of the dudes can't hit a secondary pitch anyway. Like, let's be honest. You're hitting the secondary pitches because you hammered a heater and they hang that curveball, that slider, that changeup. So, it's time for Between the Lines brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mark Poffo. All right, guys. So, we're looking at just the winner for tomorrow's game one between the Twins and the Blue Jays. Straight up money line. You spoke to Molitor about it. What do you think is going to happen in game one tomorrow? I'm picking the Jays. I, I, I think the tough get will be Gray. Sonny Gray can add and subtract. He can pitch the weaknesses. Uh, he can have the late movement. Pablo Lopez is a hard thrower. You, you, everything he's going to throw has some mm to it, and you're going to get it, and it's going to come out hot. So I, I think for me anyway, they got a, a better chance of not overthinking it against the guy today or tomorrow and overthinking it more against Sonny Gray. So if they were going to win or lose one out of the two, I would think it'd be Sonny Gray instead of Pablo Lopez. Bingo. I mean, I, I exactly. I think they win the series, but I, I think you're right. I think they get off the good start against Sonny Gray. I, I do have faith in Kevin Gossman getting that, being able to get through, uh, get through that game. I frankly, I'm a little surprised Sonny Gray is. I don't know about you. I'm a little surprised he's not starting game one. I kind of operated under the assumption he might be the game one starter. I don't know how you feel about it, but 
yeah, I'm 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 with you. The sunny gray start is the one that I was I think it's that the, I was looking toward I think as it's being the, a real real problem for them. It's, it's the elimination game. They'd rather have the experience than the kid that's a hard thrower and relies more on stuff than location and pitching the weaknesses. Sonny Gray's been around a long time. He's mm-hmm. probably more apt to do that in the bright lights and he's had some pretty good outings against the Jays too, but yeah, I, I, I I'm with you. I'm I, not saying they're gonna win either one of them. But if they were going to lose one of them, I mean the Twins, but if the Jays were going to lose one of them, I would think it would be the second one. Yeah. I think if they lose, the Twins lose tomorrow, you could stick a fork in them. I'm I'm with you completely. Oh, that's me. No, I absolutely think that uh, that, that is going to be the key. I it, th- This will be one of those series, I think, whoever wins game one. You know, I, I love what Paul Molitor said, too, about the 18 consecutive losses. Like, right now, you're not linked. Because there's been enough time since 2020. You got guys, Korea wasn't on the team. You got a ton of guys that weren't in the team then. Mm-hmm. But you lose. Now you're linked to that 18-game consecutive loss streak. It's interesting, too, the Jays score first. How, how will the Twins react if they yep. are behind? Yep. That was Between the Lines brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Jason Stark of The Athletic will join us in a few minutes. We'll take a look around the MLB postseason at the matchups shy davidi will join us from minnesota as well we'll go back to the podium some clips from ross atkins george springer john schneider to get to all that ahead it's blair and barker on sportsnet 590 the fan sportsnet and if you're listening via podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast